welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Maker. And on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing The Crown. Fascination with the British royal family has always been somewhat of a mystery to me. Yet here we are, discussing one of the most popular shows on Netflix, less than patiently awaiting the arrival of the fifth season. If you haven't seen The Crown, the show centers around the reign of Queen Elizabeth II, the one that just passed away. This beautifully shot bio-series time jumps its way through some of the most pivotal moments of the last 70 years. For the British, not for anyone else. All the drama, all the secrets, some of it's even true. The Crown was created by Peter Morgan and aired on Netflix for the first time in November of 2016. The fifth season will air in November of this year with the show's third set of new actors in the leading roles. And with that, Anthony, let's talk about the Brits. Now, Brendan, did you want me to have seen this show before we talked about it? or I'm, That would have helped. I'm unclear about... Uh... So Anthony's referencing the multiple times I checked up on to make sure he was watching the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a lot of jokes like this because I'd like to, I'm just going to fit him in whenever I possibly can. So like, I haven't heard a word from him in like a week since last, (laughs) since we recorded last time. Is that true? And I just wanted to make, no, it's not, I don't know that it's really true, but usually we're texting about the show chat a little Uh, bit, at least, at least in like to some degree. Maybe. Yeah. 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 This week, not a word. And I was like, maybe he forgot we're recording the crown the only reason it was funny on my end is i've been current with this show been a pretty big fan of this show like the whole time it's been out i'm usually watching it like i've just watched it right along and i remember it just as well as any other show we ever talk about so i just think it's funny that this is the one you've been checking on but that's fine yeah okay well in that same vein what grabbed you first about this show do you remember some of the initial days watching this were you yeah did you watch it like right as it came out or, you know, what was the deal there? I did. I believe I got pulled into it a bit by my wife. Um, and she, I think it's just mostly, I, I resonated with some of the ways that you described this in the beginning, like, you know, what's with this fascination with the Royal family when obviously it's not like outside of the realm of possibility that I would understand why people would be fascinated. But I specifically remember my mom had the people magazine cover of princess Diana. Oh yeah. When she passed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. I, she might still have it in her house right now. Like, uh, I, I remember that was a big deal, you know, rightfully so not, not putting it down, but I've always thought that was interesting. Just like you mentioned, like what's with this fascination with the Royal family. Yeah, so anyway, uh, I got, I got pulled into the show a little bit, but I really was in, I think probably because of the high production quality of the show. And I also think probably how could you miss it? Like the way Netflix was really pushing it when it came out, it's like it was unmissable almost if you were on Netflix with any regularity. And then what I do specifically remember is the conversation is like what pulls you in. It's one of those Netflix shows that gets super hot and everybody's watching it. So then you're you're like, oh, I feel kind of left out of this conversation if I don't yeah. know what's going on with this show. So for all of those reasons, I got involved. I don't remember if you asked me what kept me coming back yet. I can't, I can't remember if you said that or not. I don't think I specifically asked that. Okay. I feel free to Well, no, but how did you come across this show before I take all the answers? So Netflix was hitting about every ball out of the park at that it, like mm-hmm. in that period of time i remember specifically some of the marvel stuff the daredevils and like a lot more high theater cinematic dramatic like those are the words i come that come to mind when i think of like some of the stuff they were doing back then i, I feel like nowadays we're getting kind of a wave of teen or like young adult a lot of romantic stuff throwing um, stuff but, at the wall seeing what sticks. yeah just seeing what sticks yeah. but back then it was like one after the other after the other like a bunch of big hits i mean this probably was right around the same time as ozark right sure yeah, yeah. i think you're probably right so that was definitely part of it netflix is just not making anything bad of course i'm going to watch their new thing my wife is a huge fan of uh the the british monarchy and mm-hmm. the the royal family and that was, you know, she was going to watch it. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll watch it with you. I was hooked pretty quick. I remember us binging this over the course of a weekend or something. Mm-hmm. But there was also that leftover from my childhood interest with like my, yeah, my mom following along with the 
the Princess Diana mm-hmm. story and scandal. And I think the craziest thing to me was, you know, kind of my understanding of the British you know, royal family was like they were the butt of a lot of jokes. I remember lots mm. of jokes being made about just kind of like, I don't know, like not directly incest, but that kind of thing, like intermarrying hmm. and just kind of like a silly lot of people. Hmm. So I feel like their status had gone down. And I remember Diana, and I didn't find this out till later, but when she was popular in America, she was not married to Charles right. at that point. Right. Yeah. She was divo- like, so what I remember of Diana was after she was away from the Royal family, which is crazy to think about. Yes. Um, yeah. So that all of those, just all that mixture of that cocktail is kind of what I brought with me. It was very interesting to go back post-World War II, King George is still in power and kind of get some of that origin with Queen Elizabeth. You also bring up an interesting point for our generation, which is that like the Queen Elizabeth was not our royal. Like that's not no. the one that we, the narrative was focused on for us, uh, even mm-hmm. though she was reigning, you know, so there was no reason for her not to be, but like this is so very much this, this gives us a lot of information we didn't have because we yep. didn't live through any of it. So that's very interesting. I, I think what I find interesting about this show, as far as like what keeps you engaged, I remember the first season being very, very good. But I also remember, like, I think it was after season two, I kind of started thinking this is really slowing down. I remember sometimes I have problems with shows that I just cannot stay awake during. And oh, so yeah. like, I just, oh man, I can't like, and the, whatever reason, the way they tell the stories in this show, like it's a real it's really hard to like get through a full episode for me when I'm watching it late at night or something like that, even though I'm generally interested, but I will say season one and two, I was super into. And then once we got around to finding out all the stuff about Diana and Charles and all that stuff, um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was way back interested. So it's kind of up and down based on your time period and based on, um, so maybe that like season three moved a little slower for you, but then by the time four rolled around, you were, yes, I agree. I agree with that. What, what exactly do you call a scripted period biogra it's not a biopic right yeah what do we call this it is definitely historical a st- an historical drama but it's a series you know like it's got a lot of a lot of directions it could take what what, yeah. what do you think what do we call this it's almost it's almost even dangerous to nail it down too tightly because you start assuming everything's true or everything, you know, it's not sure exactly what to do with this information you're getting. Lots of creative license. There would have to be. Yeah, for sure. Closed door conversations that nobody's had. Yeah. And and you're trying to like that, even that problem in and of itself, this is a, this is an elusive group of people. They, they have honed their uh, image like everything (laughs) is crafted. And now you're creating dialogue around situations they've gone through. Like, sometimes you may have some clue about what you're talking about, but most of the time you're pretty much just making it up based on the facts we do know, which are somewhat propagandized because it's, it's what they allow. It's the information that they allowed out teams, teams of people making sure only the right message is getting printed, uh, aired. I, I feel like that part of it, because there's so many people walking in and out of rooms at all times. Yeah. They're having full, con- I mean, at least according to the, this series, they're having full, very sensitive conversations in front of just about everyone. So I'm thinking like one of these people writes a book or sells their story, but it almost seems like they have a lock, like the the teams of people working for the um, the crown. They have a lock on all those people. Yeah. You know, they may, they are making sure no one is selling a story. No yeah. one is talking. There's a woman who works in the residence. Her name's Mrs. Willie. She, she goes around <laughs> winding all the clocks. And I said, Mrs. Willie, you should you really, should really write, a book. write a book. She said, Oh no, we don't do that. $22,000 a year. That class of person, like yeah. the, a, a classy person like Mrs. Willie yeah. does that just doesn't exist anymore. Everyone is selling their story for a quick buck. Yeah. For no doubt. 15 minutes of fame. Yep. It's just a different era. Yeah, but it's, uh, so anyway, sorry to to answer your question. I'm not even really sure because we know what it's not. We just don't know exactly what it is uh, as far as 
style. Yeah. It's it's it is very interesting. Now, I mean, some of these like biopics are like this. So like uh, definitely creative license. I, I'm thinking and, about uh, Love and Mercy, the the Brian Wilson story, or you know stuff like that. It's like okay, uh, I know that there's some because I know musicians a little bit better, so I know when they're really messing with like what do we know, what do we not know, and with like any of the Beach Boy stuff with Charles Manson, and, you know Dennis Dennis, and you know all that stuff. It's like well, we, nobody knows what happened in these in these situations. Wait, were the Beach Boys friendly with Charles Manson? Dennis was, yeah. Oh my! He he let them. Charles Manson lived in his house for a oh, while. Geez. Until they were all doing hard drugs, and then he tried. I think I believe I believe what happened was, uh, instead of making them leave, he he left his own house. I think, and then eventually got somebody else to kick them out. But yeah, he I was gotcha. he was way into it with Charles Manson. Yeah, it was crazy. Whoa. So, not what kind of show, but what feel or look does this show have? It's the highest level. It is. Um, I actually stumbled across a fact that in 2020, they kind of shared that they thought that the budget for the show was $260 million for that Ooh. year. You know, Netflix is notoriously close, keeps keeps their figures close to the chest. But um, I think it's it's one of the highest now, a show that we're watching now has surpassed it, but it was one, oh my, it used yeah. to be one of the highest budgeted yeah. TV shows. I think it's interesting. Because it's been in the news recently that Netflix is not doing well right. financially. And I wonder if, I mean, to me, the 2016 era, that's the golden era mm. of Netflix. That's when they were putting some serious dough into these shows. And you wonder where they went wrong. It feels like everyone had a Netflix you know, membership back then, and that was the premium yeah. streaming service. Yeah. That, was the, that was the big one. And I wouldn't say it's, it's the main guy anymore, at least... It's one of many. I mean, it's definitely not the lone wolf anymore. Yeah. So, man, a, just a project like that, it seems worthwhile. I wonder what would have happened if they had done more things like this. We may never know because we don't know the fate of Netflix. I mean, I find it. I, I don't mean to leave you hanging. I find it shocking. I can't even figure out how in the world they can't keep that running. Like with the bought in mm -hmm. subscriber base paying 13 bucks or whatever, uh, not more than that now, but at the time, like say 10 bucks at the time, it was yeah. maybe nine, 10 bucks. And you have that built in, you know, exactly how many subscribers you have. Like you literally know your income, you know, what's going on. How do you mess that budget up? I don't even understand. Well, I think they overextended themselves on, on they, they spent too much, but they is, knew exactly is, how much was coming in. So like, how I, I know, I know. And I think they probably spent based on growth projection and then got hung out to dry one of the quarters or one of the, you know, a, a series of quarters. I know they overextended themselves like in the past year or so past 12, 18 months. Yeah. They hit the skids. Anyway, characters in this show are paramount. I mean, it's, sure. it's the main thing. The, the story is very much a history lesson, but the characters and the actors playing those characters and the portrayals, that is what makes this show tick. Yeah, I was going to say it's not even characters. It's act. It's the actors. It's, it's yeah. the actors playing. Yeah. Yes. Their portrayal of the character. Is it incorrect? Actually, now that I'm now that I'm blathering on, is it incorrect to call uh, the roles characters? They're they're not characters. They're real. Yeah, people. I don't even know. I don't even know how you do that. But certainly. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know what the okay. right way to well, say. Well, anyway, the portrayal of very real people in this show is what keeps me coming back and that you know just a little bit of a callback to that you know original question and it's interesting because coming up we will have like i said in the intro our third set of cast members yep. so we've already seen you know two prince phillips two queen elizabeths two margarets mm -hmm. one i mean one of them helena bottom carter so that's a that's a get yep um anything that sticks out there or maybe a better way to word it would be any of the casts that you liked more than the other well i mean we, we could start there yeah sure the queens have been insanely good and i i, I think everybody knows that claire foy yeah. was awesome and put her on the map for me at least i think just generally put her on the map but mm -hmm. she was amazing and i but also what one thing i found particularly amazing about it was that she she was so good that I was really dreading the switch. It took me forever yep. to go into season three because I was dreading it, even though I love Olivia Coleman. Like that's it. I think she's awesome, but it just, 
Claire Foy was the queen for me. And so it was really hard to make the switch, but then I have and Olivia, well, I mean, I have, and now I have to do it again, but Olivia Coleman was amazing too. And I think particularly for her, because she had done so many other things well, I, I just was having such a hard time envisioning her in that role because it's, it, it is a real person and, and I love almost everything she does. So, but, but she did, she was awesome. And, um, she was, she's usually boisterous and she's in big roles and, uh-huh. and she was very understated in this role and very proper. I thought she so, did an excellent job. What is your main, like other project that you know her from Olivia Coleman? Is it Fleabag? Fleabag, but up, uh, but Broadchurch, she was in Broad- Broadchurch. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you have you watched all the Broadchurch? Yeah. Okay, is that is that a pretty good show? Yeah, I've seen that pop up a lot. Really I'm curious. My, yeah, my my wife watched it, and um, I've it, she's definitely recommended it to me before. And I think I was I was looking, I was scanning something, and I saw Olivia Coleman on the artwork for that. It's excellent. Um, it's in that uh, dark detective. It's uh, in a similar vein of Mare of Easttown, but it's what Mare of Easttown should have been. <sighs> yeah, I got you. But it's similar. Anyway, I was unfamiliar with Olivia Coleman. I think is my oh, my, lo- my long lead up there was uh, the fact that I was she was brand new for me, and I was not thrilled when I realized that they were swapping out the whole cast. That's funny. You always make comments about how all the same people are in all the British shows. So I didn't know. I thought she would have been one of those people. Yeah, so she's she's not. Um, she's never. She wasn't in Harry Potter at all. Yeah. She wasn't on uh, on Downton Abbey at all. So those are like the. She wasn't in Game of Thrones. Those are like the the big ones for me that I I usually see someone some person that they were in. Um, this show actually is the exception. I don't know if it's like the Netflix of it all, and which isn't like a BBC. You know, there's no ties to BBC. Obviously, they're using a lot of British actors here. Yeah. But I enjoyed. The fresh faces, I'll say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've enjoyed seeing these actors since then. Vanessa Kirby, who plays the first Margaret. Yep, she's she's a, been in a bunch of great stuff. She was after in this. Mission Impossible, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was awesome in that. Yeah, um, she was so good in that. She's, I think, she's in the next one too. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, fantastic group of uh, actors. Uh, first round, the second round. I'm excited for the third round now. Now that I kind of see how it works. And it makes perfect sense the way the show time jumps. You would yeah. you would have to get different actors to play these to play these roles. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the point of that is is to make it easier to do the to do the time jumps. But I I would like to point out. I guess I have two more character comments at least. I'd like to point out the people that play, and I can't get to it fast enough to find it. But the people that play Prince Charles and Princess Diana, um, Josh O'Connor and Emma Corrin. Nice. I, I think they're exceptional. Josh O'Connor, like, um, such an, I had such an interesting relationship watching him because I don't really like Prince Charles. Like, and, right. And I just thought he played that a compelling character that is also unlikable, but not mm-hmm. that he's unlikable, but he just did that so well. And then Princess Diana was almost the exact opposite. A, a, a bit of a goofy, but very, very likable person. And then the yeah. the battle, I mean, it's, we've already committed to not caring about spoilers, obviously, since these are real people, but this is history folks. Yeah. Most of the tension, I believe that, that <laughs> went on in that marriage. Well, besides the fact that he was in love with someone else, <laughs> uh, but mo- the whole time. Yeah. But most of the tension that went on in that marriage was um, that, she was very popular with the people and he was not very popular with, with the people. And I just think they played that so well. I mean, I thought they did an incredible job of that. I mean, you even see some of the early strife between Elizabeth and Philip and yeah, w- what it must have been like for him. And this is a, you know, this is a different era, you know, when an arrow in which men were not used to taking the back seat. Yes. You know, so th- this is him deciding, making a choice to commit to his role. And I think it, you see those early struggles. I, I feel like just kind of based on Charles issues and um, what we saw with Diana and Camilla and just how, how messy that can get. It can get super messy. So I, I don't know. There's something admirable about the fact about Philip and and really just stand by Elizabeth's side that whole time. Sure. Yeah. My other comment about actors slash characters. That's funny. The, the people that play Prince Philip are, I hadn't really thought about this as something to bring up, but I actually think they're both unlikable. 
<laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure they should have been as unlikable as they were. I'm, I I don't know if Prince Philip is actually that unlikable, but um, I do. I think probably early on, he probably he was fairly unlikable. Yeah, potentially. And yeah, I, I guess I could only assume that um, that's correct. I, I don't know why I, I bristle at that portrayal. But anyway. OK. Um, yeah. One thing because I love I love Matt Smith though the guy who plays uh, him first yeah okay yeah yeah anyway sorry well and I'm not I'm not saying the actors are bad I'm just saying like they they the take on him was the was uh, the way that yeah he's cheating the way, on her he's uh, the light they cast him in yeah it yeah, was interesting going out to his whatever clubs those were his lunch the Thursday lunch, yeah the, yeah yeah the Thursday club yeah um anyway I'm I'll, I'll move on from that one thing I don't particularly care for personally is the bigger names that come in and not because they didn't play it well like john lithgow played it insanely well won won an emmy i think for it but it i think it pulled so helena bonham carter uh john lithgow oh margaret the, the what uh, margaret thatcher um oh jill uh jillian, jillian anderson yes they're the fact that i know them pulls me out of the story because now we have a conflicting mm. like uh like they're playing real people but you see them but i know you see, who you they see the are actor. so yeah. at, at least uh when i have a young queen elizabeth and if it's played by someone i don't know well yeah. that might as well just be queen elizabeth to me yeah but if it's, it's played by somebody i know i'm like it's it's harder for me I to engage in it that is a fairly common conundrum i think sure i I've noticed that a lot is the actor. It'd be like if Tom Cruise decided to start doing biopics. Sure. You know, yes. he, th- there's just absolutely no way for Tom Cruise to be seen as a, as a, as a, a real life person. The Lithgow Churchill though, it's gotta be one of my favorite Churchill's. I've seen a few. I haven't seen a ton. Yeah, there's I, been a I bunch. I think I could give you that even. It's gotta be one of my favorites it, though. Yeah. I don't know. He's very commanding, very, uh, very animated. I thought he did a really good job. I will say the Jillian Anderson Thatcher, yeah, pulled me out. Those was, are actually was, those are probably two different conversations because no matter who it is, if I know the actor really well, it pulls me out. Second of all, I think Lithgow did an incredible job, and I think okay. Jillian Jacobs did not do an incredible job. Jillian so, Anderson, yeah. Oh, yeah. who's Jillian Jacobs? I don't know, porn star maybe. <clears throat> Jenna Jacobs. Jenna Jacobs is the fictional the West Wing character, character from the West yeah. Wing. Jenna, uh, porn star is uh, Jenna. I don't remember Jim Carrey's wife, Jenna McCarthy. Nope. That's Jenny McCarthy. So I don't know who, uh, I don't know who Jillian Jacobs is, but we don't, I don't know that we need to figure out right now. Do we? Well, I'd like to prove it's not a porn star. Hopefully hopefully it's not. Oh, it's Britta from community. She's from community. Thank goodness. Yeah. So this is where I feel like we see a lot of the most creative license is with the writing. Yeah. The story has to be pretty consistent. Obviously they've got to color it. They've got to color the events Mm -hmm. with extra scenes. They've got to fill in some gaps. You know, there's only so much that we know. There's only so much that's that we have like fact. So they've got to do, you know, do some filling in there, but the writing, the dialogue, the conversations, I think that's really where you see the most creative license. Mm -hmm. And I, in my opinion, it's where the show really like really shines again. I have a hard time really determining like dated or like period British dialogue. Is this good? Sure. You know, so based on that, it seems insanely good. And we're talking about like a certain class of people to like the Royal, the elite. So it's got to have like a high, you know, yeah. An, an air about it. Yes. And I don't know. It just, it always seems on the money with every episode. It always seems very, very good. Um, any extra thoughts there? I don't know if, no, um, I agree with all that though. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It, it just seems like somewhere that they really put a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, and this is, this is a tricky area because you are very much casting very real living people in a certain light, mm-hmm. you know, without the full story. And I don't, I have no idea if what kind of approval the Royal family would have had to have given on this. I think they, I think I looked at that up at one point and they, they can't, it's uh they can't do anything about it, but also they haven't specifically taken issue with anything. 
And at, yeah, at the same time, heard. it's probably from a PR perspective better to just not comment on it. So that doesn't mean right. yeah. their silence doesn't mean it's fully true. I mean, because there's definitely some they take on some serious stuff. And I mean, sure. a lot of it is well documented. So, I mean, kind of the Prince Philip scandal early on season two and, you know, possibly infidelity yeah. affair. So, that was pretty well documented. So, I mean, it's not as if. It's not as if this is like news to people. It's not shocking. Yes. But I do feel like this is a, it is an area that could have been tricky. So I, I think they, uh, I think they really did a good job here. And I think the only thing I would add to what you're saying is that the, every aspect of the show, the way you talked about dialogue just now, every aspect of the show is that way. So Hans Zimmer does the music. Like that's mm-hmm. insane for a TV show. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the cinematography, it's just all elevated. Everything is elevated. Uh, to have an air about it, like you said. So, in your opinion, what is the main draw of a show like this? And when I say a show like, I'm not necessarily specifically talking about the British or uh, royal aspect, just a scripted retelling of history with like the added creative license. So like with someone's extra flavor on it, what is the, what do you think the main draw is? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun, creative way to learn about history, uh, which is, so the most compelling aspect of it is also the most dangerous part of it because it's not an actual history. But I think probably for the most part, like what I often do is I can't tell you, probably on this more than anything else, I look up, oh, is that actually what happened? Just have Google up. Yes. Ready to to rumble. Uh, And, you know, often, often it is like a a lot of stuff that happened, you know, that it is, but very close to what they're, yeah, the story they're telling. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but so I'd say that's probably the main draw. You you get the, you're not just taking your medicine, I guess is my point. It's, it's, you, well, yeah. It, and it, it's like, it's like hiding medicine in yeah. a, a bowl of ice cream or something, you know, it's tricking your kids into eating their vegetables or something. You're getting your history somewhat. Now, I feel like if you're getting all your history, like if this is, if you're yeah, right. taking this as gospel, yeah. I think that's an issue. I mean, I don't know how big of an issue, but it's just like, it's, yeah, it's, this should not be the only version that you, that you take in that I think you should do some further reading, especially if on some of the bigger things, the scandal stuff, whatever, you know, big deal. Well, we don't even know though. I mean, like you can't, those sorts of things you can't prove or disprove. So that's like, well, whatever. I mean, you can, you can make make up a story about it and it doesn't matter because we don't know. Great point. Yeah. Um, but then you can look up, I, I specific, for whatever reason, I, I specifically remember looking up whether Lord Mouthbatten was assassinated by Irish, the IRA, I think it was. Okay. Um, and his, his boat was blown up, I think by the IRA. Um, so I, I've always been sort of interested in IRA stuff. And so I I remember looking that up and that was, that was pretty much, well, so I don't think they know for sure. That's one of those examples of, I don't think they know for sure. They, they went with that, that telling of what happened and that's sort of, it is a way it's been explained in the past, but they don't know for sure that it was that. So it's one of those things where they just committing to certain details from from history even though it's not it's not necessarily settled history Mm. you ready for a hot take yeah i think charles had diana killed oh my gosh yeah you know when it hit you know when it hit me it hit me when queen elizabeth pretty early on margaret was trying to marry peter the uh, group captain peter townsend yep and she met with the uh it was like the church of england elites and they were like absolutely under no circumstances would a divorcee be able to remarry while the other person is still alive yeah and i was thinking like prince charles got a divorce and then remarried and then i remember that princess diana died and then all the pieces started falling into place sure yeah it's something that could just tuck that away I actually feel like the show almost leads you to believe that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet, but we, they're laying the groundwork and I, something. Um, so, but also I can't believe he's not more of a villain based on the show because mm-hmm. of the comments about her weight and, you know, all the, all the different stuff like that, oh, basically forcing absolutely. her to have an eating disorder and all this different stuff. 
Um, and she's been pretty open about that in the past, but I guess I wouldn't have any reason to take to take a side on your hot take, but it was just an epiphany that I had sure. while watching the show. It just kind of struck me. Like, I mean, I can't I, bring myself to be like, yeah, there's no way, man. <laughs> I can't be the only person who's ever had. No, that sure. Thought, I'm sure you're not. Yeah. Um, the one bit of backlash I did see was now, now that Camilla is queen, there has been some recent rumblings, especially like with the new season of the crown coming out about how she has been cast in a bad light. Um, kind of based on, the fourth season and the, the wedge she seems to be driving um, in between Charles and Diana or wouldn't leave him. I don't, I don't know how it all shakes out. Charles definitely seems like more of the aggressor here, sure. but um, that was the one thing I saw recently was uh, how the, the crown or Netflix was not kind to queen Camilla. Well, they so. basically, that's one of those things that when we talk about this sort of a retelling of history, that's yeah, one of that the things that could potentially be dangerous. Cause on the one hand it's like based on this show. Yeah. Well, they just basically had an affair the entire time he was married to uh -huh. Diana. And yeah. that that's what the show leads me to believe. Now, is that true? Is that documented? I don't think we know. I don't think anyone knows. Well, some people know, but no, it's not, it's not stated history. So now, all of a sudden, we're all operating under the assumption that this is what was going on the whole time, and we don't actually know, which is probably somewhat dangerous. There was like a leaked phone call or recording of Charles at some point. I just found this out, too, and it was pretty saucy. He was talking to Camilla. Huh. Yeah. Not not great. either. I mean, either the 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 new Tommy Lassels is, is slipping over there or something, because they let some stuff slide with the- yeah. The Charles Camilla stuff. Huh. Um, well, I just, I also don't know enough about the actual history, uh, to be honest. But if, if this style of show is, is the bowl of ice cream with the vegetables hidden, is a docuseries, is that the vegetables? Is that, mm -hmm. I mean, wh why is this more appealing than like a docuseries? I mean, what, what is the, is it just entertainment value? Do we like to see um, the big set pieces, the, the expert scoring, like, do we like all that? Is that why? Yeah, probably. And the very fact because there's there's a hundred documentaries on the Queen. Yeah, you don't hear anyone talking about those, but everyone's talking about the Crown, or everyone has, or was, or will be. You know, like that is wildly popular. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, I don't know, seems drastically different. Yeah, I think to some extent, it's like you see her animated young body, and you see her young body. I just mean her young person, her. Oh, gotcha. As opposed to like the only way you could see the young queen is pictures of her. But you actually, when I say animated young body, I just mean like you see someone embody life. the queen at that mm -hmm. age and, yep. and move around. It's not like mm -hmm. uh, in a docuseries, it would just have to be a bunch of black and white photos scrolling Ken Burns. Or Ken bad Burns footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't connect the narrative in that way. So like, yes, you, you actually get to see, you, you basically get to live the queen's life with her and, and be a part of that as opposed to just hearing about it, uh, which is, yeah. And also yeah. you talked about how they spice up the dialogue. Well, there's, a, you know, there's a reason they spice it up and that's because it's more compelling. So that's, mm -hmm. that's why somebody might be more interested in watching this than a documentary. Oh yeah. It's juicy. Yeah. The time jumps, are they jarring to you? I think it's mostly jarring in uh, it's hard to get your momentum going again once you once you make the jump. But like once you're there, it's not too bad. But but this feels like the only way yeah. they could have done this, no, totally, right? Totally. I mean, this is this is not only would this have been the longest show in history, but I really feel like it would have been terribly boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you you almost have to jump to like pick events and jump to those events. Yeah, it's a highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a highlight reel. I think. The other place it could be jarring is with the fresh set of actors we get every two seasons. Yes. Um, well, and that's, I'm accounting for that when I say that those are the, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the biggest jarring things, even though each season sort of makes a big jump. Um, but uh, when the actors switch, that's what really took a while. This one's, yeah. this one's going to take a while. I'm sure. Yeah. You'll have to spend like an episode, like a whole episode getting your footing. But it's now um, been two, three years, two. It's been a little while. So now, I, yeah. that actually, I think, helps, honestly. Probably. If you had to choose, this is a little hypothetical for you, between 
some of the more historically rich parts of the show, like with Churchill, like with Thatcher, and some of the more dramatic, salacious parts, like with Diana, like with Camilla. Where do you gravitate towards, or what do you gravitate towards? History, for sure, for me. Yeah. I don't yeah. care about, I would prefer, honestly, to- Well, the drama stuff is popular. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's like the, the British crazies, like- all the people staying up or getting up at 3 a.m., 2 a.m. to watch the royal weddings. I mean, they love the Diana stuff. They love the relationship stuff. Sure. So, the, so I mean, that's a great. I think it does this show. I Sorry, I, I hijacked whatever you were that's saying. That's all right. <laughs> I feel like the show could appeal to, like, multiple yeah. groups of people here. Um, yeah, I tend anyway, to. Sorry. I tend to not prefer. I just, every time it goes too deep into something to do with Diana or, or whoever, Camille, anybody, any of them. Uh, Charles, even I guess I t- I tend to just start feeling very uncomfortable. Like well, we, I know this can't possibly be like factual. And that- well, and that's and that's the great point. Probably the most creative license is taken with some of the relationship stuff. Yes. So yeah. that's 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 what makes me sort of uncomfortable with it. And if if the relationship stuff were historical, I would find it very fascinating. I suppose. But I just get uncomfortable with it because that's where the creative license is. Although I was, yeah. I was the reason I paused there is I was actually thinking about how there was like, uh, at one point, I'm sorry, I'm a little foggy on this because I, it was like three years ago that I read it, but I was like looking up what's true, what's not true. And like that, I don't know if you remember the smog episode. Oh yeah. That was yep. mostly like not true. Really? I found that so funny that like that this was- This is why it is a great idea to follow up with a little research. Yeah. Follow this show up with a little research. Yeah. So I I think it was a mixture of like different times in history and they put it together in one- t- I, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm relaying information I read three years ago. But then I was- So then I was like, it's so- One of the other weird things about the show is it's so hard to know when you need to be watching out for something that might be true or untrue. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you made up the smog, but then Diana had an eating sort. That's factual. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you would think that y- you just don't know what to believe. It's just, yeah. Some, some of the things I feel a little more comfortable, like I, I can let my guard down. Like if this isn't true, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And then when they start, we start delving into stuff that could affect people's lives. I'm like, oh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they got their facts straight here. You know, it's just. I feel like it would be irresponsible in some areas and probably okay in other areas. Yeah. In the long run, to me, it doesn't matter hardly at all. It's just a show I'm watching basically because I'm not British, but it might matter more if I were. No, we are not. No, we're not British. What does a show like this do for your opinion of the royal family, the the queen, um, the British people? A lot of the early season spends time on the british empire yeah and how there are there are a few lines uh, when um i think elizabeth is explaining why uh why her husband why philip's gone and she's like well you know the we are in charge of a lot of different places in the world and if we don't show our face they they start to get upset and we wouldn't want to have you know we wouldn't want them to have any thoughts like uh, uh, thoughts of independence or anything like that. She says this to her. She says <laughs> yeah. this to her kids. I'm like, oh my, yeah. Um, so I feel like some of that is even you know glossed over. Tell me the picture of British imperialism and yeah. some of that early m- monarchy stuff. Like, wh- what does this? What does this show do for you in that arena? They certainly don't talk about it very much. I mean, if you're talking British Empire. You can't throw a stone within the British Empire without hitting somebody who's sick of the British Empire, like mm-hmm. uh, imperialism and and um, the different people that they oppressed over the course of time. It's, it's almost insane, honestly. And the show doesn't get into that hardly at all, which is a pretty big oversight. And probably like I find it interesting that it's almost like propaganda, even though they have no control over the show. So I'm. I, the motor behind the show, I, I find it curious that they don't get into that at all. I, even some of it they did, especially when Charles went to Wales, there was a little bit of that. How, you know, they didn't quite like him in Wales. Just all around, if you think India, if you think uh, Australia, you know, just like all these different areas, it's it's all any of the African countries. Yes. I think they even went though instead of because you could you could hide behind the fact that this is a historical retelling, which yeah, it's not. But you could hide behind that fact. Um, 
I think they, though, went a step further and made it seem like everyone loved yes. the Royals. You know, when they would they would come to town, there would be these big yeah. parades, yep. Yep. This, all this pomp and circumstance. Everyone was excited to see him. Everyone was thrilled. Yep. That just can't possibly be true. There's no way everyone loved it. Well, no. And even like if you think about, you know, I don't want to I don't want to take a firm political stance on this, I guess. But basically, like if you think about the way they framed the the killing of Lord Mountbatten, the IRA did it and they're the villains in this situation, except that the British have oppressed the Irish for a really long time. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah. just as clean as like, oh, these like I said, I'm not making a political statement and I don't need, mean to butt my nose into uh, like. Do you love the IRA? I <laughs> I see. Yeah, I do kind of. But anyway, <laughs> as as a thing, I love them. I don't necessarily love everything as a, they do. As a principle, yeah, sure. Well, not even as a principle. As a, uh, I'm gonna walk you into something. As, right yeah, now. no. As a piece of history, I, I find the IRA captivating. Let's put it like that. But also, okay. like essentially, like it's sort of like the idea that, like, okay, the IRA is a bunch of terrorists. Yeah, to the British, the IRA are a bunch of terrorists, and to the Irish, the British are a bunch of oppressive, like, you know, but the show takes the the theme that, oh, the IRA is a bunch of terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's very much propaganda for no real reason, is what I'm trying to say. Like, th- it's like not they don't a, have to go It's there. not a British yeah. show. So, why are you not at least... It, giving both sides of the story because as you said every time they go so and i'm sure when they went on these visits there were parades and that you know that but that's because Mm -hmm. they forced them to happen i was thinking about how far into the 20th century much of the british empire was intact yeah you know season four takes us all the way up to about 1990 yep and as far as i can tell there's a good portion of the empire intact yeah which is crazy to me because, I mean, yes, 1990 was 32 years ago, but it seems like that is something that should have uh, fizzled out by then. Um, but no, I mean, there was still portions of the British Empire very much alive and kicking. So it, do you, when did the British Empire dissolve? Well, like? so they left India in 1947. Right. Because that was Mountbatten's thing. Yes. They didn't end the British rule of Hong Kong until 1997. Oh, wow. So you're right. I mean, it did carry you all the way through. Yeah. 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 Seems crazy to think about, but yeah. yeah. And then even now, like, well, I mean, they've, they've talked about it recently, but with the death of the queen, it seems like there's some people that have been putting up with it even longer than they wanted to anyway. But there's, uh, there was somebody, one of the Royals made a recent statement about it. That was basically like, we got to be careful with all these cries for independence that may rise up now that there's a regime change. If there's any weakness sensed in Charles, then we're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, because really the funny thing is like out of one thing I find very funny about the show even is out of all it's, it's, it's all made up. Like, it's all just kind of like this idea that there should be respect for the crown. And uh, I'm not necessarily putting it all down. I'm just saying, like, it's mostly like the queen doesn't rule Britain technically, you know, sort of, but not really. And, you know, just the way that political structure just is. So this, like, respect for the queen, it's sort of like everybody has to buy into it. And if you don't, then there's nothing they can do about it, really. Like, it's just like... Mm -hmm. It, yeah. It's this uh, fictional idea that everybody kind of buys into. And so once that gets broken, that's what they're concerned about now. Like, oh, mm-hmm. now that this is over and there's a regime change, everybody just may, may be like, yeah, we're not buying into that anymore. The Brits are in a pickle. Maybe. We'll see. It's funny in the age of uh, longevity of life. Like, if you think about like monarchies through history, like there's people that took over at 12 years old because their father died at 38 years, you know, whatever. Like, yep. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have a queen that lives to 96, right? Is that however old she, she was recently? Sounds, sounds right. Yeah. So then Charles takes over. I don't remember exactly how old he is, but he's probably in his seven. Is he 70 maybe, or something like that? I, I don't know, but he's, yeah, he's up there. And then, so he may have another 25 years. <laughs> and then, so everybody, like you're pushing everybody to be very, it's, it's just not quite the same situation where, you know, maybe somebody dies super young and you know, who knows what'll happen, but. Uh, it's just like with, with the longevity conversation, it's a pretty interesting idea. Monarchy is a very interesting idea.
Well, Anthony, you ready to pitch each other some shows? I am. Yes. You want me to go first? I do. Why don't you go first? Okay. Here's my show, which we've brought it up on the podcast before, but there's a, a little bit of a reason why I thought maybe it'd be good to bring up right now. And my, my pitch to you this week is Gilmore Girls. Oh my gosh. You don't want to do it. Is that what? I don't care. I'll, I'll listen to your pitch okay. and then I'll, I might be swayed. I've carefully thought about this. Okay. So good, th- good, good. There, are, okay. there are elements of Gilmore Girls that are very boyish and like teenage-ish and but it is not Riverdale. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> I love how that's our whipping boy. I know. I've never even seen Riverdale. <laughs> Neither have I. Um, so it's it's not that whatever we think Riverdale is, Gilmore Girls is not that. On the other hand, it is not Friday Night Lights. It's not Ooh. my recommendation of it is not like my recommendation of Friday Night Lights. Well, that's the bar now. Friday Night Lights is the bar. Okay, but I will say, I more than I even thought. I would really enjoyed Gilmore girls and Interesting. it's a fun, I think way to relive there's, there's a lot of redeeming stuff about it. The way that, um, Lorelai interacts with her parents. That's a Rocky relationship. And the way she single parents, Rory is very cool and, uh, just makes you think about parenting differently. And if, if there's a little bit of something for everyone because sometimes you can resonate with now I haven't watched this in a while, so I may have resonated with Rory more than I did with Lorelai, uh, at the time, but now I would probably resonate more with Lorelai. Anyway, it's a good way to hop between generations. Think about different stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite things is it, it, it takes place in like sleepy new England towns, new England ish towns, Connecticut, that sort of area. And the reason I literally wanted to bring it up, it's like, there, there's a small town square. It's got a quaint feel to the town and all this different okay. stuff. She runs a bed and breakfast and, um, that's, that's, it's, it's just like all this nice stuff, but it's perfect for fall. It's like you, what uh. you think fall, you think Gilmore girls and you think, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like how it is, but it is not, I don't think it's not a show just for females. And I think that's sort of how it's been built, especially because there's a mother, a single mother and a daughter. And so like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, this must just be for females. Um, but I think you might, you know, I really think you might enjoy it. And I think a lot of people, but it is, it's almost like a taking complex contemporary issues and putting them in a quaint small town. So it is, it's not, it, when I say quaint, it's not going back to the 1950s with 1950s problems, you know, all that stuff. It is like, rural, well, like, uh, like, uh, Miss Maisel. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, but it is, if you lived in a small town with a small community and you dealt with contemporary issues, I, that's what I think is kind of fun about it. So, gotcha. um, I'll be sort of nonspecific and just say Logan never did anything to Rory and I don't, it, that's my choice. And if you watch Gilmore girls, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then you'll have to figure it out. But I just want to be on the record. Oh, she ends up getting mad at him for something he didn't do. Well, Logan, this guy, Matt Shershey, yeah, he was in uh, The Good Wife. Yes, he was. Yes. I like him. I'll keep that in mind if I check this show out. I think I think you just give it a couple and see what you think. It's it's got it's got such an interesting feel to it, but it's I, like I would rewatch it right now. I do I, see some people here that I recognize. Oh, yeah. Uh, Melissa McCartney. The yes is in it. Sookie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she's All in right. it, and Lorelai is very famous, and Rory is in Handmaid's Tale, and, you know. Lauren Graham uh, on yes. one episode of uh, Sunset Strip. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I was like, that was what I knew of Lauren Graham for a while. Here's my number. Uh, Could you give it to your daughter on the, the girl who plays your daughter on the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. My pitch, much less involved here. It's a reality show called Fastest Car on Netflix, huh. and it's it's a great one to have on while you're working. I think yeah, it's cool. basically three. It's either two or three like homemade hot rods. So these people that, you know, they're called sleepers. Mm. They assemble these cars. They don't have a lot of money. And, and then they'll go up against one supercar, someone with tons of money. Mm. And they just bought a, a Lamborghini or you know, a Ferrari off the line. Nice. And anyway, these, these sleepers race this supercar huh. and they're, they, they do it every episode. And then I think like the, at the end of the season, the winners from each episode kind of race in one big race, two seasons, 
it's uh it's a fun show yeah. it's kind of it's kind of fluffy but um and it is kind of the coolest part for me is seeing all of the mechanics and working and building and tuning their cars um i'm i don't know i enjoy all that even though i'm not very good at it or anything like that i just enjoy seeing uh, mechanics and you know working on cars and stuff that is my pitch for this week what are you watching right now yeah so i'm gonna hit a lot i my it's very interesting right now we're in the time of year where i'm just updating you on things that i'm currently watching as they come out it's just sort of mm-hmm. unfair uh mm-hmm. so uh, I have not picked up like a whole new show, it, but I will say I'm current on Atlanta. Still great. I have, I'm almost done with that arsenal. I really appreciate uh, all or nothing. I really appreciate that recommendation. The whole show has been awesome. Um, I saw there was a Tottenham all or nothing. I just saw oh, that today, which I have not seen that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to watch that one. Interesting. Okay. There's a Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. yeah. It's from 2019. Yeah. So just this past weekend, uh, the North London Derby took place and Arsenal yeah. beat Tottenham. Yeah. So, um, that's a big one. So then I'm also, I'm current on Wrexham and Wrexham is super funny. We're actually going to do an episode on Wrexham. So, um, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's, it's a roller coaster. There's some ups and downs within it. So if you're watching Wrexham, I would say overall worth it, worth it to continue with it. And then sometimes you're going to hit these episodes that may not capture you completely, but uh, uh-huh. there's some up and down to it. Um, and then reservation dogs, I just finished. Um, and the last episode, there's so many good episodes in this season. It, but the last episode is so, so, so good. Um, okay. So they're all out. Now. They're all out now. It's, okay. Cause I was planning on waiting till yeah. they're all out and binge it. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. just so, so good. Um, and then the thing I've been watching the most, actually I've, I've watched now since is Dahmer, right? No, uh, kidding. Yeah. Uh, rings of power. And we're going to do an yeah. episode on that too, but I'm now five, four through four and it just picks up and it, it just gets better and better it's it's t- it's really really good um it's honestly it's one of the like my favorite shows that i've n- favorite new shows that i've picked up in a long time yeah i mean it's really really good mm-hmm. um and i was even like a bit skeptical to be honest with you oh yeah um for sure i also finished koba kai we can decide later whether i don't think we're gonna need to do a reaction episode no. to it but uh, like we've said it was good it's good yeah just like the i think rest. it was the, i think it was the season we've been waiting on just oh sure yeah, yeah yeah i could see that but it's it's the one the, we've been it's, waiting been, on. it's the best one we've had in a couple in a couple uh-huh. seasons uh yeah. i i also wanted to mention i did watch so i've heard you brought it up last week in our in our episode and then somebody else i was talking to i was at someone's house and they were talking about how they're watching it i watched the Dahmer trailer and <laughs> i thought heck no no yeah, freaking no, no, no. way am i watching this show no but what i want what I wanted to ask you was why do people like this? See, like I have, I have enough of a fascination to flip it on, but then like the first, the first sign of anything dicey, I tuck my tail between my legs and hightail it out of there. I mean, I, I don't know. Like people, we Americans have a fascination with serial killers. They do. There is, so what, what did I, well, there was the Zac Efron. Sure. Um, I didn't watch that either. Bundy. Because the funny thing is everybody who watches these shows just complains to me all the time about how gross it is. I'm like, you yeah. don't have to be doing this to yourself. I don't know if they're all. So like I watched mind Hunter and it was great. That was basically the birth of the um, behavioral analytic, the FBI um, the BAU, I think is what it's called, oh, but it's basically criminal minds. The criminal minds yeah, yeah. is the, yes, yeah. yes. The, the show is basically yeah. that show yeah. is the department that mine Hunter basically is the beginning. Huh. Of. Uh, so it was, that was pretty good. I liked that. There was still some dicey stuff. There was still some, some stuff that uh, made me a little squeamish, but, um, that was probably as, that is probably as far as I would go is like with my fascination, maybe like some of the scientific aspect, not the actual deeds being done in front of me. I don't want to see that. Yeah. That seems to be where Dahmer was going. I understand that there are certain people. Okay. So like, just not, uh, I don't see why it would be a problem to bring up who this is, but basically the person, the person who was telling me that they're watching it, basically she's in medicine. She, she literally does surgery. So I understand that she has a, a higher, tolerance for what's gross basically and Mm -hmm. it's not like she's like oh i do surgery this is awesome she she still thinks it's gross but it's not maybe as gross as i find it because of 
there's five things bothering me and there's only three things bothering her. Something like that. (laughs) So maybe it's people that are in grosser professions that don't mind it quite as much or in kind of fascinated how you you know think about it more scientific i don't know i, I just Netflix can't, spent I can't. some money on this too they spent some money on it like uh the dude that plays Dahmer, i'm i can't remember his name right now but he's he's kind of a big deal like he's been in some big stuff um but yeah i feel like they they put some some cash behind this that's like that new steve carell show on i think fx have you seen the previews for that oh the patient yes right? the patient um, and I, every time there's a commercial for that, I think I am not. I love Steve Carell. I am not at all interested in this show. <laughs> I that's another one I flipped on for about five minutes, and I was just like, I, I'm just not in the mood for this kind of thing right now. No. Or maybe the world maybe is I don't, weird enough. Maybe I don't ever want to be but in the mood no. like the mood for this kind of thing again. There might have been a time when I was, but yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, Let's sorry to hog all that time. What do you got? No, no. I mean that that's usually what happens. <laughs> So, because we are recording our old man episode, I had to bring up that I started. Uh, no, I, I watched a movie, a Netflix movie called Lou. And if you know, we watch the old man. This should be called the old woman. And oh. it's it's starring though Allison Janney. Oh, and she she's the lead. Oh, I heard her talking about this on an interview. Yeah, it's pretty good. This is um, like I don't. This is she like does like martial arts or something in this right? Or she mm-hmm. fights people. She's kind of a BA. Oh, man. I mean, like, she's getting into it. I don't know. uh, I don't want to steer anyone away from it. I enjoyed it. I don't know if the twists are quite as good as, like, they were in The Old Man. But uh, it's a movie, though. It's not a a series. So that that takes a little bit away from it. But it was, like, it was a fine watch, you know, to flip on Hmm. one afternoon. Uh, But the Alice and Janney draw is there for me, obviously. Um, Another thing I discovered. So I'm a huge fan of meat eater right. and the show on netflix and they're actually moving away from netflix they're getting all their stuff on their website and yeah he's like doing it all on his own right yeah, yeah he's like yeah so they're yeah. they're done with netflix but um one thing i saw uh, i discovered on youtube on their channel they have like three or four other web series on there and one of them's on fishing. One of them's like specifically on white-tailed deers. One of them's on like so. Anyway, there's there's thing. The, there's the a couple plural seri- of deer is deer. Did I say deers? Yes, you said deers. <laughs> you love doing that. Can't you just let it go? No, I can't. One time, let, let it go. go. You wouldn't let one it go. time. Let it go. Deers. Anyway, there are shows on their YouTube channel. They're a little more granular than the the meat eater like the big meat eater show which they are going to keep doing um yeah i saw there's a new there's a new season coming out on their website but i honestly anyway. what's funny is i honestly think sorry to sorry to hijack this i honestly think that's where we're going anyway like mm-hmm. even more content that you choose hyper specifically based on like one mm-hmm. person like everybody is becoming their own brand um, yeah. and I was thinking about like, um, cause I, I, uh, sometimes listen to two bears, one cave, um, the podcast. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard of it because of the Kool-Aid. Have you seen the Kool-Aid YouTube clip where mm-hmm. Burke Kreischer says he drinks Kool-Aid and anyway, they laugh for like five minutes straight. You should look up Burke Kreischer Kool-Aid. It's really funny to watch, but anyway, um, they have had extended conversations about how they're basically starting their own media empires that you buy through um, through their websites or through watch it through YouTube, you know, different things like that. So this whole meat eater thing, I think I, I just think we might end up going this direction even more where you fund your own. There's like Tom Segura was talking about how he's, he's funding his own show right now so he can make all the choices and then he's just going to put it out for people to buy. Uh, Like, so we, we went from like buying cable to now like buying specific, streaming services and now we're gonna even be just like buying the show you want yeah man it's crazy to think about
That does it for this episode of Good Show. Good Show is created, recorded, edited, and produced by Anthony Mako and Brandon Sharp. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Anthony, and all our graphics and socials are developed by Brandon. If you've enjoyed your time with us, please make sure to like or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you appreciate our show, please throw us a rating and a review there too. If you'd like to discuss any of our content, you can search The Good Show Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at The Good Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.